The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What a world! Welcome all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Sunday, May 16th, 2021. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you have been enjoying the 2021 Dallas Cowboys schedule. Very exciting times now that we know when the games are going to take place, where the Cowboys are going to be on certain weekends my family and I were planning on going to Kansas City because we love NFL history and we really 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 want to see Arrowhead because we never have before so if you're planning on being there let me know and we'll certainly figure that out we obviously have a long way to go until we get there long way until we see the likes of Micah Parsons running around the middle of the Dallas Cowboys defense sacking quarterbacks making tackles for loss all that good stuff and on the subject of Micah Parsons obviously the Cowboys rookie minicamp uh, has been going on this whole weekend but um, if if you did not see this, it is something that is super awesome that NFL Films does. They put together a show every year around the draft time um, called Hey Rookie, and it obviously chronicles some players that are about to be rookies in the NFL, and this year they chronicled Kyle Pitts, Justin Fields, J.C. Horn, and Micah Parsons. And obviously the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, and so there's a lot there. Uh, great friend of the show, Shannon Furman. If you have been listening to me for a long time, you will recall that she and I have spoken about different NFL Films projects. Again, if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know that I have a great appreciation for NFL Films. But Shannon had a huge hand in Hey Rookie in the production. She is also a Penn State alum, as is Micah Parsons, obviously. So she was really, really, really involved involved in everything that went on here and so I really wanted to talk to her about it kind of get some behind the scenes discussions on Micah and all the other players too because obviously Kyle Pitts was connected to the Cowboys JC Horn was connected to the Cowboys uh, we talked about uh, the moment where JC put the cap on and, and talked about you know man you know Dallas you know this this had a snapback or whatever it was maybe that's a sign about how he said you know I need Dallas to come up and get me all that stuff so she was obviously there and put everything together and so we thought it would be a great conversation 
conversation for you to enjoy. You can also watch this conversation on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. We released that on Friday. Uh, and on the subject of kind of programming notes and programming information, this coming week will be just a bit different. We'll have uh, a new episode of Jersey Boys tomorrow on Monday, but on Tuesday, we'll drop a new episode of Talking the Draft. Uh, you know, as we're just flipping this around, Co Wetzel will join the Talking the Draft crew and we'll drop the 750 on Wednesday. That's just a one time thing this week. But I uh, don't want to hold you back any longer. Shannon Furman, it's a great conversation. Hope you enjoy. Here she is, Shannon Furman from NFL Films, talking Hey Rookie and Micah Parsons. Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the legendary, the incomparable, really great friend, old school friend, one of the OG friends of Blogging the Boys from NFL Films herself, the queen of NFL Films in my own estimation, uh, a proud Penn State alum. It is Shannon Furman. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a while. So for old school listeners of mine, um, so like my parents and my wife, um, you and, and my, I... And Right. And your mom. Oh, Robin is the best. Uh, but so um, you and I first spoke after the 2016 launch of All or Nothing, which chronicled the 2015 Arizona Cardinals. And then we spoke again the next year uh, when it profiled the Los Angeles Rams and their move, uh, obviously, to L.A. And then I remember at the time you you were like you lived there because you went straight into for anyone who doesn't know, Shannon is the queen of hard knocks. Um, so you went like, or you went from straight from Hard Knocks into All or Nothing. So, and you taught me how to pronounce uh, how to pronounce Asai. Ironic that I would butcher the pronunciation of pronounce. Uh, but yeah, so you, Shannon is all things NFL films, and you you have your hand in a lot of cookie jars, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I go kind of from Hard Knocks to then during the season is probably when my role changes a little bit because I haven't done All or Nothing since the Cowboys won. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was. I will, that was a good time, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> and then I always do Hey Rookie during um, right after Super Bowl. So that's that's actually my baby. I love that show. Um, it's probably my favorite thing I do. Draft day is my favorite day of the year. So for work, at least. So, so I do want to talk about Hey Rookie. That's why you're here today. But I do want to also say, uh, because I don't think enough people know about this, but you were part of the first ever all-lady crew in the history of NFL films. Correct me if I'm wrong, that was a Cowboys game. That was Cowboys-Raiders, was it not? It was Cowboys-Raiders Sunday night game. We were we had Des Bryant mic'd that night. Yeah. We didn't know it at the time that we were. like We were kind of just working, and we took a photo because we're friends. <laughs> and then... I asked someone after the game, I was kind of like, this has probably never happened, but I, I don't know. And then I texted my boss afterwards and he was like, yeah, for sure. That never happened <laughs> before. So yeah, it was well, a big deal. Billie Jean King took notice of it. It was kind of crazy. That's right. I remember that. Uh, very, very, very famous game. The uh, notorious index card game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Cowboys visit to Oakland. So very cool stuff. Shannon and all of her NFL Films colleagues truly are the keepers of the flame. Um, so you mentioned Hey Rookie, uh, which is a show that chronicles up and coming rookies as they're getting ready for the NFL draft. Um, people don't see it until what, like a month or like two weeks before the draft generally every year? It starts airing, it's on Tuesday nights on either ESPN or ESPN2, and it's like the three weeks leading up to the draft, and then the Tuesday, this year Wednesday, um, after the draft. So it's usually four half-hour episodes, kind of those weeks leading up, and then right after the draft. 
Right. So um, the whole thing is kind of like a hard knocks for incoming rookies. You're with them as they're training. Obviously, this was a very unique time, um, just like last year. Your whole like, like we've used the word unique a lot. Um, everyone has like it's a little little redundant at this point. But um, you profiled. Correct me if I'm wrong. Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, J.C. Horn, Micah Parsons. Correct. Right. So I mean. I knew that, but like for the listener that didn't, you know, that's uh, the, the viewer that didn't, you know, I, I knew this, obviously. Um, and it's a really cool show because at the beginning of it, obviously, they have no idea who they're going to play for. And so I was telling you before we started recording that I, I obviously watch anything that you're ever a part of uh, because I know it's well done um, and because I'm a huge fan of it all. But I was particularly interested in J.C. Horn because I thought he had a high chance of being drafted by the Cowboys. Lo and behold, Micah Parsons, your fellow Nittany Lion, was the draft pick of the Cowboys. Um, so as I understand, uh, I mean, he said it, he was there at the training facility for like the entire year, right? Because he obviously opted out. When did you guys first hook up or link up with Micah to start shooting for this? We started filming in early February. I don't remember the exact date, but it was probably like the week after the Super Bowl. Um, and normally with Hey Rookie, we would start a little bit sooner than that. We would probably start in January, but with COVID and everything, like we weren't entirely sure how stuff was going. So we kind of waited. Everything was a little bit later this year um with it all so we did three different trips out to Irvine to shoot with those guys while they were training during the month of February I think it was all in February it might have been one trip in March but um yeah so it kind of was like February through March there where we went out to Irvine but Micah had been there since the end of August I believe Right. So you um, you generally have your like favorites. Uh, I would I would say I would use that term. Um, and there are players you obviously worked with. I remember um, getting a text from you when I was at Cowboys camp about Easy Nwachiku, um, who you had had on Hard Knocks with the Houston Texans. And so, uh, Micah, I imagine somebody you were very excited to work with again, given your alma mater. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody kind of laughs because they're like, oh, when are we not going to have a Penn State person in this show? And I'm like, well, we won't have one. We, they don't have personalities. We stop right. getting access at Penn State. I mean, it just makes sense to go back to Penn State. They're good to me. Um, all the guys that we've had in the show have been awesome participants in the show and they have great stories, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Micah was the first person I reached out to anyone about this year when I started trying to cast the show and figuring out who we wanted to cover. I mean, he was the first person on the list. So that was a no brainer. Well, he um, now I'm obviously very biased, but I feel like in retrospect, he had the largest personality of anybody on the show. Um, I feel like I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like Justin Fields had the lowest. Maybe Kyle Pitts had the lowest personality. Um, I think they were all very different, which was kind of interesting. Like all four guys were super different. And I think you saw that even like in their reactions on draft day, we got four mm -hmm. very different reactions on draft day. Um, Justin is probably the most low key, I would right. say, out of everybody. I mean, I really liked working with Justin and enjoyed working with him. Um, I can't believe I chose to go to a Buckeyes house for <laughs> instead of being with Micah but uh it was the it was the correct thing to do <laughs> um but yeah they were all I mean Kyle was like off camera Kyle Kyle was into it like he was into doing the show I think he was excited for the exposure and, and everything like that um and they were all really good around each other like that was the best part I think about the show is once they were all together, like that's when their personalities really came out. Um, so I really enjoyed that first show this year, which like for me, sometimes the first show is the most boring show 
um, out of all of them where you're just kind of setting up who people are and they're just like, you know, we've seen guys running the 40 and doing all of that. But that made it fun this year, having all four of them be together and the banter between them and just kind of the camaraderie. So, um, and that kind of came back around again in show four when like, I mean, when Justin FaceTimed Kyle, like I didn't ask him to do that. Like he, he did that on his own. Like we, we were kind of talking about, I said, have you seen their outfits, things like that. And then he's like, let's FaceTime him. Like, so it was like, I mean, I could take credit for being a great director and making him FaceTime Kyle, but you know, he did that on his own. So all the transitions that kind of happened throughout the draft show was because those guys genuinely are friends. Yeah. See, um, you know, maybe we're saying Justin's low key. Uh, you got to be like a really high key person to like FaceTime someone, you know, like without calling them first. Like I never do that. Like it's always like a, I call them first and it's like, do you want to FaceTime? You know it's what I mean? Kids, It's the young kids. Like yeah. FaceTime is what they, it's kind of, it's funny. Like, cause I will realize even like, I mean, we were doing top 100 interviews and like DK Metcalf, like FaceTime. I'm like, why is he face? Like he was supposed to be coming to the interview. And I'm like, FaceTime, I don't want to answer <laughs> Why are we FaceTiming? Like, just call me. But like, I think that that's what the younger generation does. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's way too, you know, forward for me. I'm not about that. Uh, but it is what, kudos to Justin Fields, obviously, you know, a FaceTimer in his own right. Uh, you mentioned you weren't with Micah uh, on draft night, but the the footage you shot, I think, again, I'm extremely biased, but some of the, the more like shared footage, especially in the aftermath of the draft. And sometimes I think that's just contingent upon like what they say, obviously, but he was extremely passionate about being drafted by the Cowboys. What was it like when you first saw that? When you're in the like, the cave, the like NFL films, edit bay, whatever. And you first see that, like, are you, like, are you, is your first thought like, yeah, this is going to get retweeted like 5 million times. I mean, I just cry. That's my first, I, cry. <laughs> I, I've cried every time I've, I've watched Micah. I cried when I watched Kyle's moment the first time. Um, I mean, I just love draft day so much. And so like, we kind of made it a point to send people to each location where the guys knew somebody. So, the director that was with JC, um, he had been with me the whole time directing the show. And we knew we knew he was going to go with JC kind of from the very beginning. So we made it a point to have make them have a relationship. And then um, I sent the crew as far as like camera and audio go. The, uh, the DP of the show and the A1 for the show were at the draft with Kyle and Micah. So there was someone familiar at every location with all of these people um, just so that we could you know, it makes it more comfortable for everybody involved and stuff. And like for Micah and Kyle, even especially like with the weird situation, having like to be behind plexiglass and things like that at the draft this year. Um, I thought Hannah and Andrew did a really great job at the draft to still make it intimate by following the rules and everything else that was going on there that day. So it was exciting for me to like see those edited because I edited the Justin segment of the show too. So um, the first time I watched Kyle and Micah's moments were after the producers uh, were done editing them and they both made me cry. So they did their job. <laughs> it's interesting um, because, again, um, speaking about your mother, who's a fantastic, uh, big Philadelphia Eagles fan. And so you have all these like Penn State dudes who keep winding up in the division. Uh, you were a big Saquon guy or not Saquon guy. He's Saquon's a Saquon guy, but you were big on Saquon. Um, and obviously now a member of the New York Giants has been for a while. Sean Lee, Micah Parsons, uh, Connor McGovern. Like, what is it? I mean, and honestly, um, Shannon also reps for all the Penn State dudes. I first believed in Chris Godwin because of you. So, like, you know, you you put them and you kind of, like, will them into NFL lore. And so hopefully that happens with, like, a Parsons. But is that just a funny coincidence for you? I mean, maybe. But 
mean, I just at this point, yeah, my mom is still an Eagles fan. I root for people at this point. Right. Um, I like to cheer for people who are good human beings and things like that. And I feel like I don't know. I am biased when it comes to the Penn State guys and stuff like that. But I think you guys got a good person and player in my gun. You guys should be very excited about that. Um, Chris was just someone, too, that like I got to work with him before training camp even started that year. We mm-hmm. went we used it later in Hard Knocks. But the shoot that I did with him and his now wife, they got married, I think, last weekend. Um, we did like Fourth of July weekend or something up in State College. So you just get a vibe when you're around these guys sometimes. Like I may not know like X's and O's the way like people who have played the game do, but funny story from like hard knocks last year. Um, I was at the chargers camp and um, we were on, if my assistant director was a college quarterback at Amherst and <laughs> after it, we were like 10 minutes into the first practice, I mean, I had been around Justin Herbert a little bit, like um, some off the field things, stuff like that. But like 10 minutes into the first like full on practice, like we get on walkie talkies and I was like, this is my ridiculously early prediction, but I think this kid's going to be really good. And they were like, why are you even saying that? Like, where does that come from? We've been here for 10 minutes. And I was like, I can just his demeanor and the way he speaks to people, the way he carries himself, like. I just got a good vibe from him. So I wasn't surprised that Justin Herbert did well this year. Um, And he's not someone I knew in advance, but sometimes I think, I think that that was maybe what makes me good at my job is I'm pretty good at reading people and stuff like that. I get, you can tell kind of after interacting with them for a little bit, what, what they're like. And, you know, of course there's like injuries and other things that can come into play, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like on Hey Rookie, you get, a vibe being around these guys. It's especially early on. Like, Hey Rookie used to start with the draft and Mm -hmm. then go through training camp. So I like doing it this way so much more where we end with draft and you kind of meet them coming right off of their bowl games and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's fun. That's awesome. I kind of recall, didn't you guys shoot a wedding for the Bucks training camp? Is that, am I making that up? Are you like, we're going to shoot a wedding? I, you know what I remember? I remember you like tweeting about, I think we talked then um, about you getting like a special cameraman for like an underwater shoot or something like that. Is that we, ring a bell? Yes, we did. I right. uh, went spear fishing with Brian. That's what it was. Yeah. The punter, the Bucks punter is a crazy, like, I don't even what adventure sports. I don't even know what you call it. Yes. Yeah, so we, yeah, we went spear fishing. It aired for all of 30 seconds, I believe. In one <laughs> um, but it looked really great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we've never done a wedding. They would love to do. A, I don't think we've ever done a wedding. We I feel like I feel like somebody got married like during it. That's why like my memory is like stuck on that. Um, we just maybe, missed Brandon Fisher, Coach Fisher's son, had gotten married a couple months before Hard Knocks, which that would have been great. But um, yeah, we never we never pulled that off, so it's still on the list. Um, interesting. Uh, so stuff like that, like you, you go, like you hire a special photographer to go deep sea spear, whatever fishing, and it only makes 30 seconds. Um, obviously you have to cut things because you have a finite window. What is, what are some of the cooler mica moments that you cut that people didn't get to see, you know, that, that people would like to know about him, I guess, like his, maybe his favorite foods or something like that. I don't know. What, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, this year, I don't think that much stuff got cut out. Um, with COVID and everything, it was not the, like, it was not the easiest, especially because they were in California. Um, mm-hmm. So they trained in California. So filming them training 
was tough because like there would be people coming by to count the number of people on the field, um, mm. things like that. So I'm trying to think, um, we did, and, and I really do try to like be good about using everything I have, not asking for extra things. Cause I know these guys time is very valuable. Um, so you saw a little bit like when the day we spent with him in Harrisburg, um, it wasn't planned that this basketball game or whatever they played was going to break out. So like mm-hmm. our day, like we were supposed to be, he wanted to take his son swimming. His son loves swimming. Um, so that was why we went to the YMCA that day. And then I uh, starts playing basketball with his friends and I'm like, okay, just shoot it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now, but it's funny. Like, cause everything he does is funny. Um, so we did that and then we did still take Malcolm swimming and then we went to the high school. Um, the teacher's reactions with him were pretty funny. I think you saw most of them. Some of them were cut short, but everyone had a very similar reaction. Like you could just tell that they loved him, but you could tell that like he probably tortured them a little bit. Know <laughs> <laughs> that they love him now and like they they saw the good side of him, um, but he probably was a little bit of work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, some of that was probably cut a little bit short, but that was fun going back to his high school. And then even like being in the restaurant with him, that was a place when um when I said like we want to meet your family and hang with them. And is there any place that's like Harrisburg, like that says like, you know, whatever, where you, a place you would go. And he like knew exactly where he wanted to take us like immediately when I said that. So, um, and that was like kind of cut down to just like him and his dad, but that was a place he was like very proud of going there and introduced us to the chef there and the owner, the chef owner, he was the same person. Um, and we spent it, we were there for like probably two hours, but you only saw like a quick 30 seconds <laughs> in the show. But, um, yeah. So like everything that we did with him, a, at least a little bit of it made it into the show, but, um, yeah, he was a lot of fun. Interesting. So obviously you're a Pennsylvania person. Um, what's your, cause I feel like a lot of Cowboys fans are now learning about Harrisburg and this may be a Harrisburg question. Not, I've never asked a Harrisburg question. So, um, you know, first time for everything, I suppose. What is it about that, that city that he seemingly, I know you can't answer for him, but like reps so hard or loves so much. I mean, is it the fact that it's the capital? I didn't even remember it was the capital till like he was drafted, honestly. Um, so I don't know what I thought it was, but, uh, but either way, like, what is it about it that, that, you know, I guess in your life, like maybe NFL films, life, but personal life that just, you know, you can connect, you know, to him having this strong connection with that city besides the fact that he's grown up there and stuff. I mean, I think, well, I'm Jersey, so I'm not even a Pennsylvania person, but I, my guess would be Harrisburg's probably got, and if I'm wrong about this, he's probably going to be offended. Um, it's like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, and it's like kind of forgotten, but it mm-hmm. is the capital, and it's like kind of in the center of everything. So I think Michael likes to remind people of where where it is, where he's from. I mean, it's just his hometown, too, so he's probably just proud proud to be from there but it is a city and it's kind of like the forgotten city in Pennsylvania because you know Pittsburgh and Philadelphia get all the attention when it kind of comes to that so I'm guessing that's why he likes to keep it in people's memories <laughs> interesting uh, he <laughs> seems right. back and forth with like and Kyle would almost look at him like right. <laughs> like stop. yeah it's interesting um 
I mean, because it sounds like, and everything you know, Cowboys fans have seen from him so far is, and a lot of it is because of you and, and your team and all the hard work you guys put in to kind of showcase him and everybody. Um, but that he does have this like ostentatious personality. You mentioned that, um, like all the way, and, and everybody saw the way the teachers were and stuff. And you said he he makes everything funny. What is it about his personality? He's just happy-go-lucky. I mean, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think he has a huge personality. Like. He's a, he can be a lot at times, but at the same time, like, you can't help but love him. Like, he's just, like, this lovable goofball guy who – I will say this about him, too. Like, he's just – he's a proud person, and he's he's overcome a lot. He's He, he came from not much um, and bounced around a little bit. Like, one of the things that he said um, in his interview afterwards that we couldn't – we couldn't use because it was it was pretty deep, but like he said, like that he just was happy he's getting some stability now. Mm. Um, and so I think he's just worked really hard to get to this point, and he wants to make sure that like he continues that and just continues to get better and stuff. So, um, yeah, he has a big personality, but I think he knows what he needs to do to get the job done. And I don't think there's a better spot for him than Dallas. I mean, this is what he wanted. Obviously, we don't we don't really show that in the first three shows because you're not going to show guys saying, like, I want to go to this team and stuff. So, But as soon as, like, he got picked by the Cowboys, I texted the producer who was editing his segment and was like, we have a ton of stuff of him saying, like, that this is where he went. Like, he's been telling me this since the first day I met him. Mm. That's awesome. I mean, he had everybody remembered, obviously, the tweet, and he's had a lot of like social clues. I wouldn't even call them clues. I mean, he's like, he's been really forthcoming to your point. Yeah. Um, and he said something, I'm, again, you've heard every derivative of like, my dreams have come true, and not, not to belittle any of them, but he said something in that clip that we talked about that I had never heard. Uh, specifically, he said, this is all I've ever wanted when he was speaking to Jerry Jones. I thought like the the that specific statement was so powerful um, mm-hmm. to your point about, I guess, stability in the Cowboys, like maybe all of it and like the like nth degree of it all. But that was a really just like powerful statement that I've never really heard an NFL player say before. Yeah, I mean, that whole the whole moment was just great. And it was Hannah did a great job shooting it from like, like panning to his family who was super excited. And then Malcolm running over to him and stuff. You kind of got all the emotions right there just between uh, my favorite part is when you hear Jerry's voice on the phone, like when you hear him say like, Micah, we're turning your card in. Like that gives me chills every time just because, and like even how I found out too, like I was in Justin's living room and like Justin had just been picked. And that was kind of crazy too, because everyone kind of kept asking me like, why wasn't Justin on the couch? And it was like, well, he knew the spots he could potentially mm-hmm. like do. So like he had just gotten up to like go grab like a water or something. Cause it was like after the Broncos pick, he was kind of like, okay, well I'm not going to the Cowboys. Like he, right. he wasn't going those next and he was going to come back for like pick 13, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, like they're on the phone and then we're like filming Justin. And then David, since they have the same agent, just sit, yells out, Mike to the Cowboys. And we're all like, wait, what? What is even happening right now? Um, so there wasn't a lot of time in between all of that happening. So I didn't even get to like see it on TV when it did happen that night. So watching it again was really cool. And yeah, like everything, just hearing Micah talk to Jerry Jones and then talking to Coach McCarthy, who's from Pennsylvania too. I like mm-hmm. him like, you know, from one Pennsylvania guy to another, like that was pretty cool. So yeah, the whole thing, like he manifested it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, thinking about like you explaining that from pick eight through 12, you had to have been like 
I mean, I don't know, juggling phones and juggling cameras and like because JC goes and then everyone's on Micah watch. I think you're constantly on Justin watch just because like that trade could have happened at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like after the Cowboys traded out, you're like, OK, maybe we have a moment to breathe here. And then it's just like Firestorm City because of Justin and Micah going back to back. Yeah, I mean, when we first started shooting this show, I think we we knew we had four first rounders. Um where at in the first round I don't think we totally knew and I think it kept like switching like the order you thought guys were going to go in and stuff but and normally when we edit the draft show it's usually like 20 minutes over in the first pass and we have to we have to get 20 minutes out and super quickly because like if the turnaround is so tight for it um it that was not the case this year because there was not a lot of time between these picks so like if you think about it we had four guys picked within eight picks. So from four right. to 12, we had half the picks in our show. So there's not a lot of like sitting around and like wondering where am I going to go or like <laughs> what happened here or like even rips of like, these are the five players that went. It's like, no, it's all our guys. So our first cut of the show, I think we were only like 45 seconds over, which is a first for me working on this show. I mean, usually we are like, no, we don't want to make it shorter. We should ask ESPN if we can have an hour. <laughs> like every year, that's like a topic. Like, should we ask for an hour for the draft show? Like, um, I'm glad we didn't this year <laughs> because of the way it worked out. Because um, we like to let those moments play too. Like, right. That's one thing I think we've learned is like, you kind of let them play. You see everything that happens there. Um, like people ask me, like, did you not get the – where's the reaction after Justin's call? And I'm like, they're like, they're well, he went directly to the couch. Like after the call, it was like, we just didn't really know what was going on in Justin's house that night. <laughs> it happened so quickly. Like, it just was like, literally he got up to get a, like a bottle of water. And then it's like, wait, the bears are on. Like he didn't even know who was on the phone for a second. Like, cause it just all happened so fast. And then like, they're, you know, with the, um, the cell phone setup that they have now in their homes, like at home, like they're like, he's on the couch. Everyone's like freaking out, like get him to the couch and stuff. So it was just trying to like follow directions and what was going on there. So yeah, when you see those moments, you pretty much are seeing everything, how it panned out minus like maybe the camera facing the ground for a second to get in position. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, I have, um, I think a lot of people had this question. And so it's my second to last question for you. Um, the clip of JC Horn talking about the Cowboys. Um, and so like, I think the natural, I think we've, we've learned over the course of our chats over the years that I think of the weirdest things with this stuff. But so like when I saw that, I thought, okay, why include this? Like if, because you're, like you said a moment ago, like you don't want to include him, like Micah saying in the run up, like I want to be a cowboy, like, because if, if that doesn't happen, right, doesn't have this like, you know, finishing value or whatever. Um, so why include that moment for JC Horn? Like, is it, is it to like set up the Micah moment? Is it to like build the drama of it? Like, you know, what's, what's the like directorial angle there? Which there's two moments where JC talks about the Cowboys. Well, when he's got the cap, he's got the cap, he's and he's like, it's a snapback, and it's like he's he's trying to manifest going to the Cowboys too. And he also talks about at dinner or whatever it is, I need yeah. the Cowboys to come up and get me. So like, what's you know, what's the is that just like breadcrumbs? Like what what's I'm just fascinated by your thought process here because I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think with him because he ended up going higher. Like it's like you know one of those things where I don't know. Um, with JC, when we started doing the show, to be honest, like I was thinking JC would be like 15 to 20, like right. maybe, like if all in that range. So I think with him, just seeing how 
much he improved and like how well his workouts went and like people kind of start realizing like what a great player he is. I mean, I had some scouts tell me during this process that they thought he was the most, like he was the most sure thing in this draft this year. Um, so I think when like you go to a team earlier um, than what you were kind of thinking you would go, it makes it a little bit different. And that's sure. why we are kind of okay with all that it just shows that he actually like, went higher than maybe right. he even thought he was going to go in his head. Cause obviously he was thinking 10 to the Cowboys and he actually ended up going eighth overall. So I think that's kind of what my thought process is in using that. That's interesting. Plus like, I love how he says like, there is this like bit of confidence. Where he's like, I need them to come up and get me. Like he knows he's not making it to 10. Um, so everything like baked in uh, makes sense. Uh, well, it- not to like, you know, blow up your Cowboys fans heads over there, but like, <laughs> everybody kind of wants to play for the Cowboys in some way, shape or form. I mean, they're America's team. It's kind of like if there's a franchise that you've ever like probably fantasized about dreaming about, like out of all 32 teams, I think you can get away with like, Oh, I want to be a Dallas Cowboy. It's just, there's something about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kyle Pitts, uh, he spoke to Rich Eisen about it and talked and made a joke uh, a few years ago, Miles Garrett, uh, shot a video and it, you know, like literally like implored the Cowboys to trade Tony Romo to the Browns for the number one overall pick. Um, Deshaun Watson at some some dinner, I forget what it was, um, was like spoke to Jason Garrett in the crowd. It was like a Dallas dinner. And he was like, I know you have Dak Prescott, but you know, whatever. Um, I mean, hey, it is what it is. But you know, look, you said it. I didn't. Uh, so you blew up their heads, not me. Um, my last thing, because all of the NFL film stuff is gold. I mean, like I... My, that's my like people have like netflix and stuff i another great friend of ours is chris weaver and i like to ask chris like from for like netflix shows that he watches and he's always like the crown or whatever and it's like why are you wasting time watching anything else other than the nfl films <laughs> library so my question uh i guess like that is the like worst setup possible is as somebody who loves football movies and creates football movies and knows what great football movies are what are some other things you would recommend watching like for people over the summer <laughs> doesn't have to be football it can be the crown it can be whatever Ever, but things that make Shannon Furman happy. I mean, I just watched the um, the documentary that won the best best doc. Oh, the the, my year. octopus teacher. Yes, and it I was loved so it. Good. I love so. You already saw it. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but now other people haven't, so you can set it up for them. Yeah, I mean, I just think like this is the film nerd in me talking. I mean, the cinematography along with the storytelling, I was mesmerized. I know some people said, oh, I thought it was a little bit long. I was like, no, I wanted to watch 30 more minutes of this guy swimming around the kelp forest with the octopus. Like, um, and I had no idea what it was. Like um, Hannah, the camera woman that I work with, she recommended it to me. And so I, I didn't know it was really going to be a guy following an octopus around. Like I, I loved every minute of that. Um, I'm also watching for uh, all the Pennsylvania people out there. I'm watching mayor of Easttown right now on HBO and it's pretty awesome. Um, especially if you're from this area, kind of watching it and like them talking about Wawa. Um, Kate Winslet to me is like the greatest actress there ever was. Um, she's phenomenal in this role. So it's only on episode four right now. Um, it's actually like real TV. You can't just like binge it. Um, but that is what I am watching right now. I'm trying to think of other things over the past year I've watched that I loved. Um, I'm like, I'm, I watch sports. Like I don't even watch right. a ton. Chris probably watches more Netflix stuff than I do even. Um, 
like an old school show I loved. I love Bloodline. I don't know oh. if you ever saw that one. I mean, yeah. But what's let's let's reframe it. What's one of your favorite NFL films productions you haven't been a part of? But like an accessible one. So not something that like only the great mm-hmm. Shannon Furman with her super like, you know, thumbprint key into the vault can go access. Like something that's on, you know, ESPN Plus because a lot of 30 for 30s and stuff are there. All the 30 for 30s. But yeah, um, something like that. Um, I mean, like, I think like what we were talking about earlier, like the Peyton's places stuff to me Mm. is always incredible. Like the things that they're able to pull off and just like knowing the way their production schedule works and what they pull off is crazy. Watching like Peyton and Marshawn this year. I mean, I could watch Marshawn brush his teeth for 30 minutes. So watching Peyton and Marshawn just like talk and interact was insane. Um, Peyton with David Letterman, like the, what they pulled off in that shoot. Like if you're somebody who works in production and you see that and can't appreciate it, like, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say because like just getting those football teams out there and the organization and everything that went into that shoot was completely incredible. So um, Peyton's places never ceases to amaze me. Just like, I mean, almost everything this past year, we went from thinking like, are we even going to be able to work in person to like having like Hard Knocks be one of the first things, if not the first thing that went back into production during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. like, we pulled it off. Like no one on either crew got the virus. Like the teams didn't get, I think the Rams had one guy test positive on the very first round of testing. And then after that, like everyone you know like did their job and we were able to like pull off the show and training camp went pretty easily um so that was that was fun but i'm trying to think if there's any other like docs that we've done oh oh, did you see the tom brady documentary the jersey of course yeah yeah i mean if people haven't seen that um my god what was it called I don't remember off the top of my head because I watched them all. I mean, but like I told you earlier, like my mind is so focused on Peyton's places right now. Um, and like when you, cause, cause you're right. Like, and I talked to Chris about this, but the shoot they did with Chris Carter, when they like threw the ball oh, over, God, like yeah. that you was know, I impossible. Thought was, I thought someone was going to die that weekend. When they told me what they were going to do, I was like, Oh, this is not a good idea. Um, <laughs> and they did it. And it's yeah. great. It's fantastic. I mean, there should probably be like an outtakes episode of that where you just like see like, <laughs> I don't know, where you can just see where people are positioned and like how many times did you have to throw it to him to like right. make this work? Like it's just at screen, because we screen our shows on Thursdays um, and just kind of talk about what into, went into producing them. And that was one of the most interesting screenings we probably ever had. Just like hearing kind of how many people were there and what it took to actually pull that off was insane completely insane um that's probably the best episode of Beans places the uh brady doc that we're talking about is called the great brady heist um just you know it changed the name of it so many times that i couldn't even remember what they ended up going with but jersey should have been in the title like if i'm being honest that's my personal opinion yeah i think they had a title that they decided was inappropriate that had that in the title Mm. (laughs) um but it yeah I, that fascinated me. Um, I'm not going to give, I don't want to give away anything for people who are going to watch it, but. Um, well, it's I, unique. Like you've never done that kind of story before. You know, no. like you've, you've done like hard knocks or like yeah, certain things happen every year. Film style. Right. <laughs> but. I mean, again, what NFL films does 
super i mean like to call it super special is like this incredible insult i mean you guys truly make people football fans um which is just the greatest gift that you can give somebody uh my actual last question for you shannon is uh everyone's obviously watching us on youtube um i think we'll podcast this too so people that are listening can't see it but what is is it a u.s open flag behind you oh yeah well what is it what it's from um marion when it was oh gotcha over in like Delco there. So yeah, I am mean, should probably update the decorations in my office. But yeah, every time I've been to like a major, I'll grab a flag and um I actually just bought a house today. I got a house. What? Congratulations. <laughs> Not this morning. So maybe some of my sports memorabilia will end up in that house someday. But yeah, so as of right now, I'm kind of between like, living with the family right now while this was all going on. But um yeah, so that's from the US Open at Marion. My brother right. works in golf. We're big golf fans in our family. See, I've seen the Furmans all about golf, so respect, because I'm a huge golfer myself. But there was a low-key brag, besides the fact that you said you just bought a house. So, again, congratulations. But you're like, oh, yeah, every time I go to a major, um, I I get, I like it's to get a flag. A couple of, it's like, what? <laughs> well, maybe we'll solve our ass. That's not really a major. But, yeah, when I go to, like, fun places. But you went to the players, I guess you're saying? We're saying Sawgrass. So, like, that's a major. It's a, It's the fifth major. Everybody knows that. I have been to the Masters. Which one? Uh, uh, the one Jordan Spieth won. Was so you went in 2016. 15, yeah. I, say I, went in, I went in 18. And it was it was Patrick Reed, so it's kind of hard to, like, really love it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but congratulations on the house. Um, you know, I guess you're, like, I was going to try to really make, like, a rookie thing. Like, you're a rookie within the house, but, like, it's your new house. Like, it wasn't going to work, so I, I decided <laughs> against it and just explained it uh, and helped <laughs> hope that it worked that way. Uh, what What are you working on next so that we, like, can look on, you know, be be excited about the next. Is Hard Knocks the next big thing coming down the bend for you? Um, Probably the next big thing, but I have a couple of Top 100 segments to cut this summer, which Top 100 is, like, it's just fun. It's, like, the it's just fun to edit those segments and like a lot of the times people I, don't have to be mean to you guys about the top 100 i know that twitter can be like it's fine if they're mean that means they're watching so we're good we like when it causes conversation like people get angry and it's like the players voted like i don't know what to tell you about that and then like i've explained to some people like the way the voting happens like i mean Every player gets a chance to vote. Whether they choose to do it or not is not our fault. We cannot control their grown men who it takes them five minutes to do it if they want to do it. So, I mean, yeah, like that's – they control the list. We don't We don't control the list. We count every single ballot that gets handed into us. So, um, but it's fun. It's fun to edit on that show. I Like to be honest with you, I usually end up editing guys that were in Hey Rookie at some point. So it's like fun for me to kind of – for things to come full circle like that. But um, so yeah, I have a couple of those segments and I also shot a feature with Darren Waller a couple weeks ago for NFL Films Presents. That is like two years in the making. So I'm super excited to edit that hopefully before I leave for Hard Knocks. And then, yeah, then we'll be off and running to Hard Knocks sometime in July. Don't mm. know what- very cool. Darren Waller will probably be high on the top 100, especially based off of last year. So um, lots of, like your world will be merging. Uh, everyone will be on pins and needles waiting to see where Hard Knocks ends up. For your sake, not that you maybe hate it, but like maybe somewhere other than Los Angeles. Like you've been to L.A. a lot, you know, I'm I'm done yeah. with California. I don't, we don't need to go back to California. We've I've done this for six years, and three of the six years have been in California. Yeah, that's just you know we're good. We don't need. I know you don't pick either, but like you know we're good. Um, I'm gonna like, I'm I'm gonna say I don't even know who I want to see yet. I was gonna say a team. I don't know who, who I want to see. Who do you want to see? I I think like the 
the like sexy pick people like people that love to predict like i think want to see the jaguars because of the trevor lawrence factor and the urban meyer factor uh but that seems too obvious to me um without completely remembering who is excluded off the top of my head um i wouldn't mind seeing the titans like that would be kind of interesting to me um to watch the titans i would love to watch like the chiefs um in that sense like have you ever done a team coming off a super bowl loss on, on hard knocks um no we did the ravens coming off of their win which was the first right. And then we had the Jets coming off of the AFC championship, but no, not off of the Super Bowl loss. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, you know, if it's, if it's Miami, like, you know, I want to, I want to see like new uniforms on hard knocks, you know, like I want to like mix it up. I don't, you know, they are, they are. uh, But like hard knocks does give us like really memorable moments. And so like, I want to see some memorable person. I was like, I always, I've told you this before. I always think of Joe McCoy blasting the Oklahoma fight song in, in the weight room. Um, just like anytime I ever think of Joe McCoy, that's the first thing I think of because of that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And like, and now like, I always think like, man, I wonder how that new facility that Tampa was building is like, you know, because it was on hard knocks. So like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like take me somewhere I haven't been uh, is my lone request, but I do think people, um, I bet you you've probably heard that a lot. Like, it's going to be the Jaguars. It's going to be the Jaguars. It's 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 hard to guess. I used to try to guess all or nothing. The Cowboys thing was different, uh, but uh, but it is a fun game nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I honestly we don't know who it is yet. Um, people are like, oh, don't you usually know this time? It's like, well, the Raiders we didn't know until June nineteenth, and I found out from Antonio Brown's Instagram. So <laughs> it's not like a, you know, I had no idea. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I hope we know soon. Um, it's a little weird with it, like being COVID. So you're not like having meetings in person and things like that. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, I don't even know where I want to go, but I just don't want to go to California. Mm. Well, if it is Jacksonville, hit your brother up, get around in it. Sawgrass, you'll be right around the corner. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, that's, that could be a lot worse, but that's other thing. We've already seen number one overall picks like, like, you know, Jared Goff was there his year, his rookie year. Was it ba- wasn't Baker's year, uh, his rookie year? So like, even the number one overall pick angle to me is like, you I'm know, like, even I mean, like Justin Herbert last year wasn't number one, but he was like right. a quarterback again. Like, yeah, we've done that's that's happened a lot. Yeah, I remember you saying a long time ago that you wanted to do something Raiders wise. I'm glad you got to do Hard Knocks, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean. Whatever. But I hope it's a hey rookie guy. So you have that. That's the other thing. Put the put put him on the hard knocks. That's what we want to see. Or just bring Easy Nwachiku back because he was awesome uh, in Houston. So uh, you got yeah. to see him on The Bachelor or whatever. Yeah. Charette. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe The Bachelor someday. Who knows? You know, if things are, are looking up for him. But uh, it is what it is. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to teach us about Micah Parsons. Your one word expectation. It's my absolute last question for his rookie season. Your one word. One word. I mean, energy. He's going to bring energy to the Cowboys defense. Mm, okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to it. Shannon Furman, producer, director, queen extraordinaire from NFL Films. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. No problem. Thanks for having me.